How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another Emerald City Hockey post-game live. They did it. They did it. Uh, they were able to close this one out, pick up the 4-2 win over Columbus. This was the get-right game that the Kraken needed after dropping that last one to the Blues in overtime. Oh, felt good. And oh my gosh, everybody, Turbo, he did it. Empty net goal for Brandon Tanev. So pumped. So excited about that. He has come so close for so long. Really, really happy for him to get that one. He deserved it after this game. I mean, he had a really good performance in this one. The whole team did. They dominated. They made five on five look like a power play, really, in that first period against Columbus and even into the second period there. Yeah, things got a little shaky and dicey there in the third period, but the Kraken, they hung in there. They battled. They didn't let the game get away from them again able to pick up the two points too much needed points for the kraken as they stay in this tight tight wild card race in the western conference super excited about that super excited to be back here with everybody for the post game live presented by flat stick pub get another reminder february 13th that islanders game 4 30 at their south lake union location you can join rj there for that watch party we're really really excited about that want to have lots of people show up show flat stick some love let them know you know we can bring in a crowd all that good stuff so definitely if you can make it head over there for that one it would be very appreciated from rj and i gonna look at some super chats here to start us off first one from sean thank you very much these boys have got to play better with leads, but it's two and they need those two. Now get two more Tuesday and have a nice break. Yes, the, the they like making us sweat. They apparently enjoy my high blood pressure. Uh, it's the way the Kraken have been these last couple games here. But I think it's important that you find yourself in a similar situation to the last game. But in this one, you were able to get the opposite result. I got to think that that does a lot for their confidence. It does a lot for them uh, just kind of getting through that experience, battling through it, knowing you can do it, knowing that you can shut those things down when you need to. Joey, nice, fantastic bounce back game for him as well, even though we, we talked about it. Most of the goals last game weren't really on him. Still, it's got to feel good for him to get another W, stop a lot more pucks than he did last time out. It's it's good stuff, but yes, they gotta just you know you don't have to make me stress like this, Kraken. You don't, you don't. I guess if that's the price I gotta pay for being the media, I guess I'll, I'll have to live through it. Uh, you guys all just have to suffer alongside me. Uh, Schultz, three words slash periods that sum up the Kraken: good, bad, ugly. Yes, that first period was fantastic. It was like I said, they made five on five look like a power play. The the Columbus could not do anything. They couldn't clear his zone. The Kraken cycle was going like crazy. You pick up three goals, couple on the power play there, right? Ebbs looking fantastic with the man advantage. Big rebounds. You're getting to those. You're making sure you have a net front presence. Like so many things are going right for the Kraken in that first period. I, I'd say a lot of things still went right for the Kraken through the second period. They still kept things in there. Shots on goal, only six for Columbus, right? Like they kept it low event and solid there. Uh, third period, though, Columbus had 18 shots on goal. Like that's a lot of shots on goal. Columbus really did step it up and the Kraken didn't seem to have many answers for it. And that is something that they're going to continue to have to work on, especially after that Blues game, after this game. Figure, you know, it's another easier place to work on it in san jose on tuesday and hopefully they do uh chip with the super chat like that number chip definitely like that 13 number there we had a great first period we didn't keep the same unsustainable explosiveness but we had some good defensive plays canner and an empty netter is always welcome it's turbo time it is turbo time really happy for him and i'm happy that he gets rewarded with the empty net goal after giving his stick to adam larson when adam larson's stick broke in the defensive zone love to see that from a forward right the presence of mind especially because he's you know in those situations to kind of like a penalty kill he's the guy who plays up a lot and he made sure to really come down in the zone get to his defenseman give him his stick all that kind of stuff it just shows how much situational awareness brandon tanev has when the kraken are defending when they are in their own zone when the pressure is on in a, you know that's a big deal situation right they've got the net empty they're pouring it on 
third period has not gone your way, right? For Brandon Tanev to have that presence of mind and the understanding, choosing his time as well to go down there and a very appropriate time to do that. Turbo really deserved that empty net goal. He he earned it, it many times over in this one, I felt like. And then Gary with the super chat here. Dad did it for the kids. Let's go. Like the seven number as well from you, Gary. Yes. Jordan Eberle just continuing his torrid pace right now. I mean, that line with McCann centering him and Tatar has looked fantastic. I know they're able, he picks up both of his on the um, on the power play in this one, Jordan Eberle. But I like that he was going net front, right? He has such great quick hands. Like that's always been one of Jordan Eberle's calling cards is his ability to get in there, get in to those tight situations and make moves, right? You look at that third goal for the Kraken, his second tonight, and it's him collecting a rebound and getting it back around and in on net quickly and that's a tough thing to do right you're collecting it from one angle you've got to get it back on net before the goaltender can recover before a defenseman gets to you his hands are so quick he's able to do those and it's beautiful it's it's really really is beautiful to watch love to see that from jordan eberly oh man good stuff and thank you everybody for the super chats Lindsay made it more interesting than it needed to be at the end there but two points is two points that is right two points is two points we will take the two points that is for sure zoe that was way more stressful than it needed to be i think we are all in that boat so that scary late game there glad to see tana put the nail in the coffin and nicole i think we have a playing for a full 60 minute problem again does appear that way look the all-star break, the week off, all that kind of stuff that the Kraken have upcoming. It's coming at a good time for them. The fact that you got Columbus tonight, the Sharks on Tuesday, that you know helps as well, right? These are get-right games. You can work on that stuff, but I do think just the time off, the rest, getting healthy, all of that good stuff is going to do wonders for the Kraken as they move forward, and hopefully we don't see that as much of a much of a problem there um absurdly sane with the super chat thank you very much tan of empty net goal deserves a super chat that i've been trying to buy since before the stream started well, i'm glad you're able to figure it out thank you very much appreciate that and yes it does again Brandon Tanev, whether it's breakaways or empty nets, right? We we know the story with him on those situations. He is so good at getting himself into positions to potentially capitalize on those chances. And for one reason or another, he has always struggled. It has eluded him, but he picks up the empty netter here. Again, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so pumped about that. So happy about that. So happy for him. He really, really did deserve it in this one. And he's doing a good job playing with Maddie. Like, I know we talked about this last game. Didn't look like the chemistry was there. A lot more chemistry in this game. Just them spending a little bit more time together. And like I had kind of suspected last post game, having Tanev and Cartier with Maddie Beneers there, it's about, you know, maybe helping protect Matty Beneers a little bit. We saw that in the first period, right, where uh, Cole Sillinger takes another run at Matty Beneers. Erica Branson lays a big hit on Matty Beneers. And what happens? Turbo and especially Cartier were right there to help defend Matty Beneers and, and lay a big hit back on those guys and go and pressure those guys. Really fantastic to see that. Love to see that. And it's a, it's a good move from the coaching staff there. I think to have that line kind of stay together after this last one. Um, everybody just sigh, you know, deep sighs of relief as B puts it. Couldn't let it be easy. Like, like Edward said, everybody is just like, all right, here we go. I like this from Jules. The number three is cursed. We should always strive for four goals. Hey, I am all about that. If the Kraken could get it to four each and every time they go out there, I, I'm with you. I think that's going to be uh, good stuff there. B's blaming the broadcast a little for alluding to a shutout during the second intermission. They jinxed it. Yes, you never want to do that. Uh, you know, it's I guess it was the intermission crew because I know, you know, John, JT, Edzo, they always do a very good job of staying away from that stuff. Just saying. And how about uh, how about for everybody, JT's Super Mario suit? Oh, my gosh. That was fantastic. Oh, I love that so much. Great, great stuff from JT Brown between the glass and this one with the jacket and the matching tie. Love to see it. Love to see it. Gregory with the super chat. Lemon Lime Gatorade time, baby. Ebbs with two goals. We also scored on two power plays, plus the Kings lost again. That is right. Kings, the free fall continues for them. Super excited about that. 
Ebbs, we talked about his quick hands, how he's doing it. Power play, though, like that is a good point, Gregory. Power play had been struggling these last couple games. Be able to pick up those two goals in this one, especially in that first period. You finished two for three, and that third one was abridged. Really do like to see that for the Kraken, get that back on track. Again, they are figuring things out. I know the third period kind of struggles with the lead. That's a problem right now for them. But again, like I said it last time, if that's the only thing you got to have you have to focus on and get better at. It's a lot easier when you only have one problem that you have to address. And I think the Kraken will moving forward. And thank you for the Gatorade, Gregory, as always. I'm going to pound that when RJ joins me. The winds have really picked up down here and my allergies have been killing me. My eyes have been burning all day. So the hydration is very, very welcome when I can get to it. Uh, Christian Kraken can't win a game without raising everyone's blood pressure. There we go. <laughs> Glad it's not just me. 13 finally gets an empty net with 13 seconds left. So do we think that's just what the situation is with Brandon Tanev? He can only score empty net goals if there is only 13 minutes left or 13 seconds left. 13 minutes. Well, wow. <laughs> aggressive coaches he's playing against 13 seconds left. Do we think that that's what the thing is here? That's, that's a good, it's a good question. I, I wonder, I wonder. Uh, Mega with the super chat here. Thank you very much. Hackstall winter classic puck now on the desk in the back as the hand of God has touched it. That is fantastic. Megan really happy for you. You get that Hackstall puck. I know you, you were excited about that the other night in the chat as well. Really, really happy. Glad you're enjoying it. Hope it's got a, a good home there on your desk. It's, I'm sure it does. That is really good stuff. And thank you for the super chat. Brittle Glory also with the 13 with 13 seconds left. I, I think there's something to that. Brandon Tanev just needs the 13 seconds left for that one. Uh, Gary, love the five on five power play called the first period. Where, But where is the killer instinct? I think the killer instinct is there. They were trying to get shots. Columbus did an incredible job of blocking shots in that first period. The Kraken had so many shot attempts that just weren't getting through to the net. They had at least five shot attempts, but were stuck with one shot on goal. So I think the numbers are a little deceiving there. I know that's not directly what you're referring to, Gary, uh, but I do think that the killer instinct was there. The Kraken were trying to pour a lot of shots on net, and they were trying to to you know go after one there. I think, you know, look, it's just one of those things where the Kraken have to figure out again how to play a full 60, whether it's they're tired, they're still recovering. We haven't heard about the illness recently. That's a good thing. I hope that it's well and truly gone for everybody. Uh, but you're also, you know, you're closing in on 50 games played in a season. It's just it's just tiring, right? I feel like this is where a lot of teams start, kind of start running into issues like this. I don't think the Kraken are alone. I think part of it is the fact that they they've been the team that's up. I think we're seeing from these teams that you're playing against that you know there are two types of teams: as the teams that that get up early when you're this far into the season, and those that try to come back at it later. Um, Kraken are definitely one where they've they've done really well in the first period all season long this is just kind of a continuation of some of their earlier season struggles and i think they'll figure it out just like they did before they've gone on some long win streaks they've they've managed to really kind of plant themselves in that wild card race as one of the more serious teams rather than just one of the teams hanging around i have faith that they will continue to work on that and find it at some point sean agreeing that they need that killer instinct uh dexter i'm somehow still not pleased after a w just can't let them back into that game and sleepwalk through the third i'm with you dexter right like we it feels like a lot of people are kind of in that boat it's true I, it, it is one of those things you're lucky you were playing the blue jackets because as we saw last game if you were playing a better team <laughs> the result was not going to be the same. You're lucky that you played the Blackhawks. You're lucky that you played the Blue Jackets. You're lucky that your next game is against the Sharks. These are teams that you can survive playing this way against. You're not going to be able to do it afterwards. That being said, I really think they will find a way to address this over the long all-star break that they are going to have. I know the players are going to go away for a little while. They're going to rest, recover, spend time with their families. That always helps everybody from just a focus standpoint. It gets them all back. It can help with the confidence too if you're a little bit shaken, like maybe the defense is right now as they struggle to hold on to these leads. But they're going to come back and they're going to have several days of work as well before they have to then play their next game. And I think in that time frame, we're going to see them really focus and dial in on this because, again, it's the only thing that they're that's really their problem. 
Uh, and when you have only one problem you need to focus on, you can devote your full attention to it and figure a way out of it. It's just hard when you're dealing with a game every other day to, to find the time to put in you know, the proper work needed to get it done. As we've seen with the Kraken this year, they've always taken advantage of those two, three days off in between games to come out and really look not just refreshed, but also implement new strategies, new schemes, new ways of doing things. And they've always, uh, you know, this year anyway, not historically, but this year, they've looked substantially better after those opportunities. And I think coming out of the all-star break, it'll be one of those for them as well. Elizabeth with the big super chat. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciate that. Couldn't watch the game, but I wanted to stop in and say hi and ask how D did in front of Joey tonight. I thought the defense, uh, it had a much better game than they did last game. Elizabeth, I, I will say that. Joey, look, I think the one goal, um, the first goal that Joey allowed, it was one of those weird ones where as the player is shooting, Schultz was trying to get his stick in there. I don't know if the puck hit his stick or it was just stick on stick, and that affected the release of the shot that kind of sent the puck fluttering gave Joey a hard time as it would for any goaltender. Uh, uh, that was that kind of situation there. And then on the, the second goal, it was just a snipe. It got by him. But I thought the defense had a much better job, uh, much better game this time around. I thought they did a better job defending things net front, shutting down passing lanes net front. And you want to see like a good example of that was late in this game. Uh, for those of you, if, if you watched or if you're going to watch a replay, I don't know, Elizabeth, but late in this game, when Adam Larson's stick did break while the Blue Jackets had the empty net, it was probably still about a minute left in this one. You saw him. It's always a tough situation to be in. If you're a defenseman, you don't have a stick. You can't tie somebody up. You're kind of just left, you know, pushing guys a little bit out of the way without trying to draw any sort of penalty, right? And what we saw him do was we saw him drop down to his knees to try to get in passing lanes to make sure that nobody, when the puck went down below the goal line, was going to be able to get any centering passes across, right? You saw that was really good awareness from Adam Larson, knowing that he's, you know, he's really at a loss here without his stick, but he knows that the best thing I can be doing is I can still be disruptive to what this team is doing. I can drop down. I can get in this passing lane and try to keep them from doing what they want to do. And I thought that that was really good. I thought the um, Alexiak had a nice bounce back game after the rough effort last time around. Yeah, I, I thought Dumoulin had a fantastic game in this one too. There were some times where Dumoulin stepped up and made some big plays after maybe Justin Schultz got a little lost. He would step up, try to make a defensive play. Didn't always happen for him or he'd pinch up in the offensive zone. Brian Dumoulin, I thought, had a really, really nice game on the back end of this one. Justin Schultz, not maybe not his best. Uh, I'll say that. Thank you, though, again, for the big super chat there, Elizabeth. Really, really appreciate it. And then light with the super chat. Jackets put up four goals on Demco, but only two on Joey. Sounds like we have a Vesna challenger. Jackets remain one of three to not beat Seattle in regulation. Detroit and Buffalo are the others. Maddie looked good, too. Maddie looked a lot more like Maddie. Like last game, he was able to shake the rust off, come back out. And in this one, he was able to take more advantage of the matchups because he is playing deeper down the lineup. He's matched up against, you know, the, the depth players on Columbus. And look, he's better than most depth players in the NHL, if not all of them. And so Maddie was able to take advantage of that. He definitely looked like more of a, a possession driving force that we're used to seeing from him. I really felt that he was doing fantastic work in the offensive zone. I also think one of the benefits, not just the kind of the protection that Cartier and Tanev provide for him, but one of the other benefits in the offensive zone of him playing with those guys is the fact that then really the onus is put on Maddie to generate the offense. And you're seeing Maddie be a lot more, engaged and dynamic in the offensive zone he's moving around a lot more he's not necessarily chasing pucks on the forecheck but he's putting himself in spots where the puck is going to be or when he has the puck he's circling the offensive zone a lot more which as I've always said that is where he is at his most comfortable that's where he's at his most confident that's where he makes his best plays and I think him playing with Brandon Tanev and Ty Cartier he's got Tanev who can go and be a workhorse to go dig pucks out try to win in the forechecking game all that kind of stuff Ty Cartier likes to just go plant himself net front. It does work for a guy like Matty Beniers to play with players who are going to be doing those things. And I think that's, that, that's what we saw a lot tonight from him. And then, you know what? He was able to go back up and play with Eberly and Tatar for a while as well. 
So, yeah, it was a definitely a, a great bounce back game there for Maddie Beniers. Thank you for the super chat there, Light. Um, RJ in chat letting us know Everly got the Davy Jones hat. That is confirmed. Loved that. Really, really happy for him. He deserved it after that first period as as well. I mean, that was that was just fantastic. Uh, Stratic, what was your favorite goal? Mine was the Tanev empty net goal because it feels like we haven't had one in a while, though I might be forgetting an obvious recent one. That one, I mean, that's a big-time goal. I'm kind of with you, just like everything that it means, you know, 13 score and with 13 seconds left, the fact that it was Brandon Tanev, the fact that it was an empty net. I tend to lean that way too, Striatic. I like that one a lot. Uh, I'm going to say, though, I, I really like that that Jared McCann goal. He gets to 20 on the season. Fantastic pass across from Ebbs. Catch and release. Love to see it. It just looks satisfying when you see plays like that. I, I don't know how else to say it. It's just it's just satisfying. Um, let's see. Sam, and why haven't the Blue Jackets fired Yarmo yet? Been sitting on a volcano for years. Dude, I've been saying this for so long. If you listen to our Patreon, like Red Glare podcast, I have been on Yarmo for a very, very long time. The entire time we've been doing ECH, actually, uh, I would say here. Uh, Sean, Sharks have won three out of four. Remember, we are getting close to that time of year where bottom tier teams start playing. Spoiler, need to be ready, not on vacation, but before the game ends agree sean always say it you can never you know count an nhl team out on any given night they can step up and win a game um but the kraken are still playing well i know it's been sketchy at the end of games but they still won two of their last three they they picked up a point in the one game that they did drop i i think we're still in an okay spot heading into san jose um christian that has to be the quickest hat update definitely that's it that has got to be um nicole and Lindsay both at the same time here gotta say i'm liking jared mccann at center and i really love mccann as a center yes i think that this setup should probably stay for a little while at least as long as belmar is still dealing with the broken leg and he's out i think mccann has been playing fantastic down the middle look it's something he's done a lot in his nhl career talked about it he's a great defensive center as well he really likes to drop down in the defensive zone help out his team in the slot really like to see that and i like when that that kind of 200 foot play gets rewarded and uh yeah he's he's really found a way to wake up jordan everly specifically who is somebody i mean scored two tonight brings him up to nine goals on the season you know 49 games in you'd like to see maybe more than nine goals for for ebbs I think Jared McCann has been kind of exactly what Jordan Everly needed. Uh, love it. Love it. Glad Maddie's okay and kept playing. That puck he took looked bad at first from Chip. Yeah, no, Maddie, Maddie is tough, right? Like we we do know that about him. Happy for him getting in there as well. Some more love for McCann at center as we're gonna go ahead and bring in RJ. And we were just talking about that 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 update for you from you about the hat. It's gotta be like the fastest it's ever been. Yeah, I mean, it was really fast. And the reason for that was that it was just right behind Jordan Eberle in his stall. Like, he didn't put it anywhere else. It was just right there. So it was pretty clear he got the Davy Jones hat. Also, of course, given how he played in this game, the three points in the first period, it just seemed enough for me to confirm it right away. Yeah, and we were just talking about, you know, him and that line and Jared McCann being at center and everybody really still liking that he has found a way to really awaken Jordan Eberly, right? Like, and I, I love that. I don't see any reason why Jared McCann would be leaving from that spot anytime soon. Right. It just makes sense. And I mean, really all three guys that we talked to, because we talked to Eberly, we talked to McCann and we talked to Dave Haxtell and they all had good things to say about that combination and the chemistry building between those two. I mean, Eberly was talking about McCann. So basically I just try and get him the puck as often as I can. Uh, you know, he's such a good shooter. Like, why wouldn't you? Uh, and then Jared McCann, you know, talked about how great it is playing with Jordan Everly. Clearly, they enjoy being on the same line together. And Haxtell, of course, had good things to say about McCann at center, you know, praised, uh, you know, his his play with the puck, his, his work with Jordan Everly, you know, the discipline defensively, all that stuff. Yes. Any talk about the fact that they're having problems closing out games, RJ? I mean, that's certainly been the most talked about aspect of the post game so far tonight here. Definitely. And that was kind of the first thing that, that Everly addressed, that McCann addressed. Uh, you know, he, he said they felt, uh, Everly said that he felt they got sloppy toward the end of this game. He said not even just the third, but in the second period. You know, they put on a good push. We got a little bit sloppy. And he, he acknowledged, look, both things are true. The two points gained in the standings are huge tonight. They got that done. But on the other hand, they really would have liked to have closed it out better. And, and Haxtell stressed the importance, too, of 
closing it out at the very end really well, you know, in the last minute or two with the goalie pulled, but really you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you have to do that. And honestly, kind of, I'm trying not to project too much here, but it just feels like this team is a little bit tired, would love to get to the all-star break, but knows how important it is to get these points before they do. And it just seemed like there was a bit more exhaustion in the room than usual. All right. Well, I was, I was speculating about that before you joined. So uh, it definitely sounds like it. And then what is it like to be in the building when Brandon Tanev scores an empty net goal, RJ? Because, I mean, maybe as rare as a goalie scoring an empty net goal. I got to imagine that's a pretty big deal thing to be there for. I mean, that's what we were all on the lookout for was maybe a goalie scoring an empty net goal or Eberly if he saw the ice, which he didn't really. Uh, but Tanev was just as rare. So uh, that was really fun, too. Uh, we were trying to sort out who got it, whether it was him or Yanni Gord, because they were both right in the area. We couldn't tell for sure who hit the puck right away. But as soon as we realized it was Tanev, well, we knew we saw something special. Yes, definitely, definitely. Happy for him. And then, uh, Becca, JT is so reliable with his fit leadership. What was that suit like in person? It was awesome. I mean, every bit is good in person. Better than than just looking at it in pictures or whatever. It was great to see between the benches. Yep. Definitely. Coop, I thought I was watching a sequel to a horror movie I hated watching the first time. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's been a big talk uh, about the the Kraken's inability to kind of close these games out easily, RJ. I mean, it had to get our blood pressure up. I'm sure in the building it was a similar experience. Yeah, and this one just felt so decided. The Kraken were so in control for so long in this game. I really can't believe it got to be as close as it did. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's see. Edward heard of 30 for 30. Now get ready for 13 for 13. Speculating that maybe Brandon Tanev needs 13 seconds on the clock to be able to score the empty netters, RJ. I think there might be something to that. Interesting. Uh, Sean, did something happen to McCann? I felt like we didn't see him much in the third. Um, I don't think anything really happened to McCann. I mean, he did media with us afterward, which a player probably wouldn't do if he was banged up. So I think he was all right. I think, I mean, you look at the very end of the game, too, and Haxtell's putting out his, like, all-defense team. I think it was Gord, Wenberg, and Tanev as a forward line. I mean, that's, like, just PK plus one. So I think that might be a reason as you're defending a lead. Yeah, and I think, you know, I thought Matty Beneers had a good game in this one. He took a couple shifts there between Eberly and... Um... Uh, Tatar and I did wonder then if that meant something for McCann but then we saw McCann a little bit later so I don't know if he was dealing with something or if that was just also to reward Maddie kind of for his play because I thought he had a really good kind of bounce back the rust all got knocked off last time and he looked like Maddie again tonight right he definitely looked better and, and at least in one instance I remember noticing that in the third period where Maddie was in McCann's spot but McCann had just been out there on a PK and so I figured that was probably the answer I, I think it was all just normal line change stuff Yep, definitely. Although Jared McCann, 12.57 ice time, which is third lowest for forwards right. on the team. And we look so. at that whole lot, like Tatar had the lowest of anybody. Yeah. Like, I, it's just, yeah. it was a weird game like that. It, it was, it was. Um, Nicole, why do you think Hack started Joey and Sean being a little bit surprised about that? We talked about this last post game. We thought this would be a good start, starting opportunity for, for Gru, but Hackstall saw it differently. Yeah, we were all surprised at morning skate when Joey was the first goalie off. Uh, we really thought, kind of penciled this game in as the start for Gru. Um, I mean, there, there's a couple potential reasons. I, I think, look, I, Hackstall realizes just how important all these points are. And these are games, given where you are in the standings, you really can't afford to throw away. You can't afford to lose. And I think you had to start the goalie that maybe gives you the best chance to win tonight, you probably felt. And I mean, right now, that has to be Joey DeCourt. You know, he played pretty well in this one. Like sad, great start, had a shutout going for a long time. Um, and then also, I mean, one thing I wonder about is maybe with Grubauer coming back, you might want to take the home crowd out of it. You know, you don't want to necessarily have a home crowd that could potentially be a little hostile toward him in his first game back, especially if it goes kind of rough. I mean, you know, if it goes the way this game did and they happen to tie the game, you know, I <laughs> yeah, it, it, it might be something you'd rather deal with on the road. That is that is true. That is true. And look, if there was a team in the NHL that you would want to put somebody back out there after being out of action for a long time, San Jose, you know, probably that team. Yeah, the, the 6,000 people there are not going to really make a dent. 
Yes. Light with the super chat. Funny to think Tanev has struggled to score empty netters this year when he was tied for third most in all of the NHL last season. I know it's just he's been completely snake bitten when it comes to those this season. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's see, we got uh, Maddie did look way better tonight. I think it helped knowing that Cartier had his back from Jenna there. There was a couple moments where, yeah, Cartier, you know, stepping up and, and protecting Maddie there a little bit. Yeah, I'd love to see it on that line. I mean, you theorized that after last game, right? That might be why they did it, putting him on that line. Uh, and Karchi was certainly able to stand up physically. I mean, there was one shift where it kind of got pretty darn chippy, and it was Maddie's line that was out there. And Karchi ended up going and kind of causing a scrum in front of the net, really getting in people's faces. And I think that sent the message. Yeah. Nicole, who's at fault for that second goal against? I really feel like Alexia could have done more there. I don't know. I mean, it, it just looked like a good snipe to me, RJ. Yeah, I mean, it was a good shot. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to sort out the two. It's the same player who scored both, uh, Chunikov. But yeah, yes, it was, was the, it the one, one that... where he just kind of walked down the slot and scored. Or was it the other one? Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of from distance. He kind of took it over from the boards into the middle and then and then just right, kind right, of let right. it rip top corner. Right. I mean, I think they gave him a, a pretty big gap there. You know, I guess if you're going to nitpick, I, I'd want a guy to step up on him a little bit more. Um, but that's that's kind of the only thing. Yeah. And I don't know. It was kind of an odd spot. I think he was just kind of caught. in. No do you, do you know how he got the puck there? Because the replay didn't show. I couldn't rewind fast to see how he got the puck. I just no. saw him there with it, dancing it... around a couple of Kraken players, the blue line, and then just walking right down the middle. Was it off a of face off? Because like everybody was over off onto that side. Like, right. like everybody. So I don't know. Uh, I'd have to go back and, and double check that one. But, you know, we saw from the first goal, the dangers of when you step up and you try to get a stick in there and pressure the shooter. And then it ends up like a, a tipped, you know, either release or a tipped puck. And then the goaltender can't really read and react to it. And it goes in. So it's yeah. just one of those things. Sometimes it's just you're just kind of stuck there. Um, Megan, any news on Belmar? Uh, no, I mean, he's kind of ramping up through practice. He's, you know, practicing with the guys, you know, trying to get closer. Um, I, he stayed out late after morning skate today, just kind of working on individual skating stuff, building that leg back up. I'd imagine probably after the all-star break, there's no reason to rush him back for this next game against San Jose. So, yeah. uh, you know, probably after the all-star break, I'd imagine he'd be good to go. Yep. Uh, Lindsay, Jared McCann's contract is even more of a bargain when you see how good he can be at center. Ron Francis is an absolute bandit. Yes, we talk about his contract a lot, RJ. We talk about, you know, the 40 goal scorer, all of that kind of stuff. But yes, if you think about the fact that you could have a top six center locked in at five mil, it's really, really good. Yeah. I mean, what a steal of a contract that is. I mean, credit to Ron Francis for betting on McCann after really kind of only one season or a partial season with the Kraken with that kind of performance. You know, there is some risk involved for a player that kind of took a while to figure it out, but Francis made the bet and it's paying off. Oh, definitely. Uh, Demirs, you see what happens when Maddie is not there. He's always doing good things, but it doesn't always show up in the box score. Yeah, I think both with uh, the absence of Maddie Beniers and then also with Vince Dunn, we got to see kind of how what complete players they are, right? With them not being in the lineup. We know Vince Dunn, obviously he can rack up the, the counting stat totals and the production there. Maddie, it's been more of a struggle this year, but we really did see a very different looking team with those two players out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, you, you could tell how important they are. And Vince Dunn certainly was uh, not guaranteed to play in this game tonight. We were monitoring his status. Hackstall wouldn't really give us a whole lot after taking the hit last game, but um, I think it's important that he did play and you could tell he kind of wasn't hundred percent, at least kind of being here, watching him behind the play and such. Like he looked like he was laboring a little bit, but he fought through it, played really well. And uh, there was one play that I really liked because he took a big hit along the boards around the middle of the game, I think second period. And then coming back, he just went up the ice as fast as he could. He didn't do anything stupid, mm -hmm. but he got the puck, dumped it and went on the four check, hit somebody. And then went and retrieved the puck right afterwards and kind of set up a cycle that lasted for a while. That's Vince done at his best. And I think it's really important when he's in the lineup. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Edward Rave Lighting RJ is back. You were for a little while there. Yep, yep. Sure. Had the crack and wind graphics on there. Zoe, was there a reason that Riker skated during warmups and then B and Nicole uh, saying it's because Dunn was a game time decision? 
I, I, the reason I bring that up, RJ, is I just want to talk Riker one more time because I felt like this was a rougher game for Justin Schultz than, than we had seen in a little while. Riker's still hanging around. Do you think we see him on Tuesday? Maybe. I don't know. At, at this point, I wonder if you know everybody's going to be healthy. You know that Dunn just got through a game. Maybe I guess you can keep him around like one more day, but just consider sending him back down to Coachella Valley because he's going to be there for the all-star break anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I think Haxtell likes to roll with these six. He'll roll with the vets, you know, for certainly with one more game to go. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I love the broadcast labeling him super JT Brown. Yes. Every time they showed him, that was his official title <laughs> on the, nice. on the lower thirds there. Uh, Chip Eberly, the first Kraken player to have multiple power play goals in one game. Interesting. Chip, do you mean this season or ever? I wonder if it's, it's ever. A, right. Like I, I like am... Jaden Schwartz might be the only other guy to, I don't know. Yeah, but really, that would have been what this year, because this has been the year he's been really great on right. the power play. So that's a good. Yeah, one let there. us know. Let's, let us know, Chip. Uh, I'll, I'll find out there. Um, Sean McCann's D is just so solid. Um, just suspected he would have been out there for those those things uh, we talked about earlier when he was when he was absent. Um, did anyone else feel like Wenberg had a major relapse moment in the 2021-2022 Wenberg refusing to shoot on that breakaway? He's come so f- far, but he went back to his old ways there. Okay, I thought about this in the moment, RJ, that, that particular play where he's kind of coming in. And if I'm remembering right, he's coming in where he would have to kind of make a weak backhand shot based on where he is on the ice and the angle that he's coming in on the goaltender. I don't blame him for not taking what was going to be a weak backhand shot from a bad angle, probably not going to produce a rebound goalies already kind of right in front of you. You're not going to be able to really pick your, you know, a corner around him. I'm willing to forgive him on that one. Cause I don't know that Columbus also had numbers on you. So like they, if there was a rebound, they were going to be there for it. I'm going to give him a pass on that one play. Yeah, I will too. And especially in this kind of game to you know, pr- protecting the puck, being a little safer with it. I, I don't particularly mind. And uh, uh, he's been good about it this season. I want to still give him the benefit of the doubt, given that that's the case. Yeah. Um, Stratic asking, has the CPA crowd been hostile to Gru before? I mean, there's... Uh, I don't. Well, also, I, also, how do you separate the Grus from the booze if there are yeah, any booze? But, um, but no, I don't think they have. Yeah, no, not him specifically. They, you know, they've been there a couple times after losing streaks where they kind of booed the team off the ice during an intermission, but not not him specifically. Yeah, just online social media. Yes. Uh, like, can we talk about how weird it was that Sillinger almost seemed to want to get into a fight tonight? What is his issue with Maddie Beneers? I was looking it up. I'm trying to figure it out. I can't find a reason for him to, like, just target him so much. Right. And that's, I noticed Cylinder a lot in this game and it was all for plays just like that, where he was going after somebody, whether it was Maddie, I liked the couple of runs. He tried to take it. Will Borgen yeah. and he, Borgen showed him, Hey, this ain't Maddie Beneers. We're going after him. He kind of bounced off of Borgen. Uh, you know, one roommate is a little easier to go after than the other, but, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know what his deal is. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel asking, do you think 94 points could get us into the playoffs this year? This year? Yes. Yeah, I think the so. The bar is going to be really low. Yeah, it's it is that kind of way at least in the in the Western Conference here. Um let's see. Uh be on that second goal there for Columbus. It was off a of face off I think after a TV timeout. I remember because I was surprised how quickly it happened. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, was, I was right thinking that it was that situation. Um some people, you know, say expressing some surprise with you talking about that with Gru and and maybe not wanting to put him out there for the for the home crowd there look i, I you can defend yourself i can defend you yeah. it's up to you <laughs> i don't know it's it's just something you know I, I won't say like who i discussed it with but it's it's you know an idea that was kind of floated around earlier today you know nobody like with the decision making power of course yeah. you know that i talked about but still i don't know it's just something or, or at least for him just just take that factor out of it i don't know yeah, I will say the the Seattle Kraken fan base is so loving of the team, so 
supportive of the players through a lot of stuff. They are a fantastic fan base for things. But the one guy that if there is ever going to be one guy who is you specifically picked out and called out, it is Philip Grubauer. And and you still see that even during like the streak where he's been injured. I still see people being like, see, this is why we've got Joey. You know, we shouldn't be starting Gru when he comes back, all of that kind of stuff. And so I don't know that you totally have to worry about it there, but it's it is one of those things that I do think, given how specific it's always been targeted to him and nobody else, I do think at some point that has to maybe enter the conversation. And all it takes is one fan, potentially, you know, just like after if he lets in a couple goals earlier or whatever, just to yell like, we want Joey or something. Yeah, they're not going to join in a in a chant or anything, no. but you know, it's something people would hear. Yes, definitely. Um, Zoe, are they going to reassign Riker to Coachella Valley so he can participate in the AHL All Star Game? I would imagine they would. Yeah, most likely. Uh, I think that's what they're going to do. I'd be surprised if they didn't. Yep. No fancy vacation for Riker Evans. Got to go. Got to go to an All Star <laughs> Game. Uh, <laughs> Where is the All Star Game this year? The AHL? Do you know? That's a good question. I don't know offhand. If anybody I'm knows, sure chat will let us know right away. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, need to pick up the pace on the playoffs, but there are reasons to believe they can do that from Demir's. Yes, I think the I think the Kraken are still the fact that they're hanging in there is the good part, right? Because I know they're dealing with this issue of closing out games, RJ, but I said it before. I'll just repeat myself again because I think it is important. It's their only issue right now. Right. And now you find yourself in a position where you can really address it. And then coming out of the all-star break, hopefully guys are less tired, a little bit more refreshed, go out there, address the one thing that's been holding you back and away you go. Yeah. And I think if you have just the extra legs and guys aren't as tired, that might kind of take care of itself. You want to send that message, of course, but I, I really think just that the all-star break is going to do so much good for these guys. They just got to get there. Yes. Um, and if they can get there off seven of eight points, Oh, yeah. That's pretty darn good, too. That is. It is. Chip, NHL Public Relations Twitter account posted it. Looks like Everly is the first ever to score two power play goals in a game for the Kraken. I like light wow. as well. How often do the Kraken even score two power play goals in one game? It's true. <laughs> that has been a struggle for them for, yeah. for a while. <laughs> that is that's a that's a fun stat. It is. I like that, that one. A good one. Really like that. Um, let's see. Uh, Becca Cylinder is so messy that he is. <laughs> Nicole Cylinder is just a weird guy. <laughs> so, um, maybe Maddie and Borgen keep prank calling in between banking sessions from Jake. That's funny. <laughs> oh, Jessica screaming at Cylinder that whole game. I was one of those people. Yeah, I'm sure he had an interesting um welcome from the CPA yeah. crowd in this one, RJ, <laughs> given the yeah. recent history there. Yes, um. Let's see. As a team, the Kraken have scored more than one power play goal in a game 16 times from via Ren. So only 16 times in their history have they scored multiple power play goals in a game. Yeah, and all like probably like 200 or so games. That's not yeah. a lot. No, it's it's really not. So uh, good good for Everly getting that one done. I, I love that. Um, <laughs> Julia Sillinger is just mad his ex-girlfriend's making it to the All-Star game before him. I yep. have to read it. I had to read yeah. it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I know. I um, was I was listening for any Tate McRae if anyone wanted to, you know, if it was played on the on the speakers out here. I didn't notice any, but I wouldn't recognize all of her songs right away. Yes, yes. Oh, that's good stuff. Uh it looks like San Jose is where the all-star game for the AHL is at. Thank you everybody for letting us know there. Okay. Well, he's going to San Jose that. anyway. Yeah. So there you go. You could just might stay. as well just stick around. Yeah. Yeah, just stay there. It's not a, it's not a bad place to hang around in. Um Sam, nah, Dylan, our whipping boy was Lausanne. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, let's see. I think all that stuff is online. I think the vast majority of Kraken fans are so nice. They'll stick by Gru no matter what. I mean, the guy had legit one of, if not the worst seasons ever stat-wise. That is true. Year one, it was a historically bad season for a goaltender, and plenty of people stood by him there. Yeah, and I think it's worth remembering. You know, it's it's a vocal minority. They're vocal, but there's they're definitely in the minority of Kraken fans. Yes, definitely. Uh, let's see. Who in the locker room starts playing the oldies after wins? Striatic wants to know. I don't know. I gotta find out. I 
<laughs> I do wonder who it is because this is the second or third time recently uh, that we've heard some oldies playing. Uh, so we've got to get to the bottom of that one. Yes. Um, Shay asking, I'd like to get your all's thoughts on some fans perceived lack of bullying on Sillinger. Some fans think they should have bothered him more, but I'm of the opinion that Vince settled that immediately. We kind of talked about this last time. We were of that same opinion, Shay. We thought that, you know, the fight, that's kind of it. Right. And that's kind of the code, right? You, you square up and you answer for your hit. He squared up. He fought Vince Dunn. He got his, you know, what kicked. Uh, yeah. And that kind of settles it, right? I mean, if he wants to start something else, then then that leads to whatever. But, um, you know, every time he, he laid a hit, you know, there he wasn't doing anything predatory. You know, he was just mm -hmm. going after guys with heavy, clean hits. And Borgen took care of him a couple times in this one. So I think he felt it. I was just going to say, Borgen kind of, you know, was given back just as much as he was getting. Ty Cartier as well, right? <laughs> For, for Maddie after Maddie took mm -hmm. a hit from Sillinger. So I, I think it was all appropriate and it didn't go into, you know, anything it didn't need to go into. And I think that that was also good for the Kraken, especially because right now the Kraken need to be focused on winning games, collecting points in the standings. This isn't about like going above and beyond to, you know, quote unquote, get even with somebody, right? Like this is, they really need to just focus on taking care of business. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, RJ, because Stratic asked me and I gave my opinion earlier. What is your favorite goal of this game? Favorite goal of this game? I, I like um, which which no, that was Everly's first goal. Uh, the one where they kind of moved it through the neutral zone real quick. Tatar wins uh, a one on one battle in the D zone because the, the Blue Jackets defender pinches leads to that two on one. It was just a pretty play all around. But I like mm -hmm. making Columbus pay for a bad pinch. Because that's the kind of stuff that maybe worse teams, undisciplined teams, will do, and you have to be able to make them pay for it. And Tatar, and you know, by extension, Everly was able to do that. Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, that was was that the McCann goal? That's the McCann goal. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, McCann so, finished that one off. Yeah, that's what I said too. Just because I love a good catch and release goal, like it's just fun. Mm -hmm. Like that's and from that's, that. He doesn't miss from that spot very often. That's an NHL video game goal, right? Like you just send yep. the pass across, you just take the shot and it goes in kind of thing. Like it was just, it's fun. Maybe that's why I find them so satisfying because it, it looks like something out of a video game. Um, let's see, uh, Megan, boys, not to say I told you both so, but I did about Maddie being back this game that you did, Megan. Yep, you you're did. right about that. Yep. Uh, Megan also enjoying the, the puck from Hackstall, the Winter Classic puck out there. So nice. good stuff there. Um, Kaylin, any insight about someone throwing something onto the ice? Was it at Sillinger, Lowell? Okay, so I, I heard the announcement, of course, like, please refrain from throwing objects on the ice. I don't know what the broadcast showed. We were looking at, right at, we couldn't tell. Like, we were looking right at the ice, couldn't see anything. I'm sure something must have been thrown, but we couldn't even identify where it came from. Yeah, Nicole saying, I missed it on the broadcast, but was there a fan doing something that the refs linemen have to deal with? It was right before a faceoff. Briefly heard Edzo talk about it. They said, and what John said was what they were told was that a fan threw something on the ice. Now, the broadcast went just in tight on, on the benches and stuff. If there was something, the broadcast was going to make a point not to show it. Uh, so I don't know. It was just what we were told on our end. Yeah, I didn't notice anything on the ice. We were looking around trying to figure out what it was no idea all right so whatever it was it was dealt with quickly uh very quickly yeah. didn't, didn't lead to any sort of like long delay or anything that's always a positive um daniel i've done the math after the break we have 32 games and these can be broken into four groups of eight games if we uh take five of eight in all of these four groups we can get to 94 points that is very similar to what coach dave hackstall does rj right we've heard hackstall talk he groups them into games into uh, five game blocks, right? right. He and likes then, to break things down to five game segments and, and look and try and get, you know, kind yeah. of three of those five. Yeah, exactly. He wants to get six points out of, out of 10 out of those five game sections. And then you've got two uh, extra ones added on there at the end. So Daniel, you're, you're very, very close to Dave Hackstall there. And yeah, I mean, five of eight gets you to 94. You're making the playoffs. If you can do that the rest of this way. Yeah. This season, given where the line's going to be, that should be enough. Yes, uh, some good stuff. Thank you there for that, Daniel. Um, let's see. It'll be something I bring up tomorrow in the prospect chat, but I find it so funny how the Kraken don't fight much. But if you look at a Firebirds player the wrong way, they will beat your brakes off. That's just the AHL, right? <laughs> that's just that's the, exactly. That's, that's the league. 
uh that is definitely it but yes excited for that prospect chat tomorrow night at seven over on patreon everybody go, go quick one in there um let's see uh uh my guess is Sillinger looks at Maddie as the guy drafted ahead of him calder winner all that in a bag of chips probably wants to assert dominance lull <laughs> I, I i don't know it wasn't even like Sillinger was like a high pick in that draft like he was a first rounder but it was yeah he was like 12 or something lower. and he got to the league first i mean he was like one yeah. of the few first rounders that actually went straight to the nhl his rookie yeah, year he played Maddie a full season as an 18 year old yeah i i don't i don't get it um let's see uh, it was looking like Dunn wasn't going to play tonight. What sort of maintenance do you think Hackstall meant earlier today? Chip's asking. Uh, I think probably just dealing with whatever injury he, he sustained last game when he took that hard hit along the boards. Um, that's That's got to be what it is. He's still, you can kind of, if you look closely, tell he's still dealing with something, maybe like a midsection type of thing. I don't That's what it looks like to me. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of maintenance, just yeah. injury. Yep. He'll enjoy the all-star break. I am sure. I love seeing the baby pictures of all the guys for kids night from Zoe. It's the best. Like every year it's so much fun. Yeah. They did a great job for kids night. They had the baby pictures with all the players. Like when they did the announcements for the roster, they had the players trying to draw the Kraken logos, which mm -hmm. I got a kick out of even the captions too with Belmar just says, sorry. <laughs> um, so that, that was one of my favorite moments. And then also like the, the kids, um, being part of the in-game experience too. My MVP for this one was uh, DJ Lightning. Like I think he's a 12-year-old DJ was awesome tonight. So I, I think that was that was the most impressive thing I saw. Yeah, no, it was nice. We got we got some kids on the broadcast as well doing some intermission breakdowns and stuff. Like the Kraken really did did a good job with this one all the way through the night uh, as well. National anthem was fantastic too. Um, lots of good stuff there. Rebecca, kids' night not the same without Ryan Donato baby picks. Yeah, that's true. That's we do true. miss those. Definitely miss those. B, I need the Kraken Twitter to post all those pictures ASAP. They were adorable. The grew one especially. Lol. Um, Yes. And Shay, I'm an Ohio girl, so I probably watch a lot more Columbus than most, cra most Kraken fans, I assume. Sillinger's a physical guy, but he's never been dirty or petty. He's not the type to hate Maddie because of draft order. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that would be it. Um, let's see. Anyone else wish, wish Berkey had scored the empty net goal with 95 seconds left rather than Turbo with 13 would have been far better for my heart personally. I mean, yes, it would have been better from, from that standpoint for sure, RJ. Yeah, give you a little cushion. Maybe give Joey some time to, to go for one with a two-goal lead if they pull him again. That would have been much nicer. Yeah, Jake, my only real concern with the making the playoffs is the tiebreakers since we have fewer regulation wins. Hopefully it doesn't come down to that kind of stuff, RJ. I mean, look, there's still time for the Kraken to work on that. But yeah, I mean, them, them, I don't know. It, it, it would be tough if that if it came down to that. Right. I mean, and that's why they take it so seriously when you let a point go like they did last game against St. Louis. Like the guys, I think, took that personally, knowing how important that one point could be for them in the standings to try and make sure that doesn't happen again. Yep. Yep. Um, Bach, I really do enjoy the Kraken's commitment to being mid truly outstanding work. <laughs> they try it. There's, they're slightly above it. And I think they can go even a little higher than that. RJ. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, really, it's just, they're, they're so banged up. They're so tired. Let's just get to the all-star break. And if they're still mid after that, then it's a real problem. Yes, that but I is don't true. think they will be. Yes. And and Sam also remember, guys, no matter how shaky we've been at holding leads, we could be the Detroit Lions. <laughs> yeah, that That's... game was on all the TVs here. I'm so sorry for Everett Fitzhugh. Man, the guy was so he, he needed a hug from a few of the other other broadcasters in the second intermission of this one after the Lions game ended. I, that's that's a rough finish for him. He was so confident after the first half, too. Uh, why wouldn't you be right like that? Yeah. Um, they were rolling. Yeah, no, that is that is unfortunate for him for sure. And and boy, JT was letting him have it on the broadcast too. Oh, I don't no. know. he was. Well, okay. he was very J excited. JT, the Vikings fan. You know, they're yes. in the same division. I mean, they butt heads quite a bit during the uh, the football season. I, I've heard a lot of that. Yes. Um, Milo asking, do you think the guys swore off Cabo after last year's post All Star slump? I wonder. I, I I doubt it though. No. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> no. There's zero chance that one. Um. 
Oh man, that's that's some good stuff there. Uh, I want one of those lunch boxes. Lunch boxes. Those are super cool from Jake. I know everybody was talking about those lunch boxes. Yeah, the kids sure seem to like them. Yeah. Um, how's that post break schedule looking? So that's a good point. We can we can, let me just take a look here, RJ, because um, I don't remember it offhand. I think they go on the road though, right? Yeah, it starts with a road trip on the East Coast. Yeah. I the one that I really remember is on the 13th against the New York Islanders because that's going to be our watch party at yep. Flat Stick Pub, uh, which very much looking forward to. Yes, definitely, definitely. Yeah, it starts off on the 10th uh, in Philadelphia. Then you go New Jersey on the 12th, Island on the 13th, and then Boston on the 15th before then you finish out at home for the rest of the month. Uh, Detroit, Vancouver, Minnesota, Boston, Pittsburgh. So, you know, there's there's a couple, you know, easier teams in there, but that's that's a good schedule for them, I feel like, RJ. We'll really get to kind of see where they're at as a group because I feel like a lot of those teams are kind of on the same level as the Kraken. Right. I mean, that's a measuring stick schedule if ever there was one, right? You've got a lot of teams that are probably inside the playoff bubble, but, you know, on the right side of it. And, and that's kind of what you want. You know you have to be on your game. You can't get away with certain things like you could against a Chicago or maybe a Columbus. But, uh, you know, they're not the kind of teams that even when you bring your best effort, they could still beat you. Yeah. And, you know, Vancouver is probably going to be cooled off after the all-star break. There's no way they can keep up that pace over such a long break is what I'm hoping anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, no, you're going to have some good good opportunities there. You know, it's a kind of a bummer that you have to start off on the road trip. But I like the fact that they get like two solid weeks at home after that. That's good. Yeah. That'll be nice. Another long home stand. I think that's what they're going to need uh, after the road trip, but just a, a lot of time away from home. Yes, and you get you get extra days off in there. Like uh, you're going to have Tuesdays and Wednesdays off both both of the last two weeks of the month too. So you get like extra days off in there for the team as well. Really like that it's not a super condensed schedule to get them going again. Uh, besides the back to back on the 12th and 13th there for them. So, yeah. well, they um, had that early in the year. I mean, 2023 was a super condensed schedule, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're kind of feeling the, uh, the better side of that in 2024. Yep. I agree with Sean. February is going to be really playoff like, will likely be make or break. I agree with that, right? If they go on, you know, hopefully they go on a win streak, but if they were to go on a prolonged losing streak through February, it'll make things very difficult for them moving forward. Um, Lindsay Boston there twice is tough, but the Kraken tend to rise to the occasion when facing Beantown. That they do. They Boston, match up well against those Bruins. They really do. They really, really do. And then Zoe saying the, the March schedule is brutal. A lot of games. Ooh. I know. I, I've looked ahead to that, too. I was I'm, kind of just planning out when I'm going to be personally very busy. March is it. I, both of us, really, Dylan. Yes, yes, that's true. Kaylin, I know they would never lower it, but it seems like there are too many games in a season. seems like the entire league is struggling with their health and exhaustion. You're totally yes. right. We've talked about this before. Both RJ and I are totally in agreement. Bodies are not meant to do what they're asked to do playing in this league. And then you throw playoffs on top of it at the end. It's ridiculous, RJ. But yes, the money dictates that you can never drop games from a schedule. Right. You lose so much revenue and, and that's just a non-starter for everybody. Yeah. But no, you're you're right on the money there, Kalen. And then, uh, let's see, Christian, what's the deal with always having a matinee game against the Oilers? Kraken not so good at early games and of all teams. That has happened a lot for them. You look frozen. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. That has happened a lot. There, There is something to that. I, I've noticed that too, Christian. Right. I mean, that game, I'll be honest, that game could be a little rough. It might be. I mean, look, it's, yeah. Hopefully they'll have lost a game by then, RJ. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, my gosh. I don't want to think about that. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for joining us. Uh, yeah, 14 games in March, according to Scott. But 10 of them are at home. So that's that's some good stuff. At least the crack can get to be at home. I appreciate it. hear a that. lot. Yeah. Lindsay's saying to start the season two to three weeks earlier in late September or early October and then spread it out a little more if we have to keep it at 82 games. The reason the league will never do that is because they hate having to compete against the NFL. So you can't yep. go earlier and there's issues with going later because of it being summertime, the weather changing, all of that stuff. They are kind of locked into where they are at, unfortunately. Yep. No, that, that is the reasoning. 
Yep. Um, want to thank everybody again so much for joining us. Thanks everybody for all of the super chats. Very generous tonight. Really appreciate that. Another shout out to Flatstick Pub and the watch party coming on the 13th. And I'll throw up this graphic here real quick. Just remind everybody that prospect chat with me tomorrow night at seven. There is the link to the Patreon if you're interested. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the link is in the description below as well. Really excited to be looking at that. Got lots of video ready to go. Talk about the, the guys who played over at the World Juniors as well as anybody else that chat wants to be talking about so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one should be should be a good one rj ask dylan about yanni newman ask ask me about yanni newman vis-a-vis edward chalet that's what i want to talk about so and if <laughs> nobody asks i will make sure to talk about it anyway so heads up on that um, it's good stuff guys it is gonna be good stuff thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you all next time